Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. On this podcast so far, I've done a lot of episodes about kind of preparing as a candidate, uh, what you can expect going into an interview, how you can fix up your resume, what you can expect when you first start your job, just preparing for all of that. But one thing I feel like we haven't touched on a lot is it may have been touched on a little bit in a few of the episodes, but one thing that we need to touch on is that, you know, the employer is not perfect. So there are some red flags that you should look out for when you're on job interviews, just to make sure, you know, is this an employer I want to work for? And if you do see some of these red flags and you can put two and two together, you can save yourself a lot of time. Maybe just exit the interview or kind of move forward, find a better employer. But yeah, I thought, you know, instead of beating up on the candidate and just forcing things down us about how we should prepare, how we should prepare, I wanted to talk a little bit about things we should look out for on the employers then. Because again, this is a two-way street. I believe I mentioned that in one of the earlier episodes. So today I wanted to go over red flags to watch for in a job interview. Before we begin, I am leaning on an article by Meg Embry. So full credits to Meg. They are a writer on thebestschools.com. So they wrote this article up. It's a really easy read. It says it's six minutes and it's very interesting, very insightful. I will link this down below, but I thought I'd go over the 11 flags that Meg mentions in their article and also related back to some of the experiences I've had in the workplace because I read through a little bit and I was like, wow, I kind of did go through a lot of these and these are great red flags. It's greatly summarized. So all credits to Meg. The article will be linked down below and if for some reason you know meg if you see this and you want this taken down just reach out and we'll get this down but no problem now a tagline on this article says so how do you avoid a nightmare job you'll just have to quit later now that is such a great point and so greatly worded because honestly i've seen so many people well i've heard from so many people friends family acquaintances where they're like man i can't believe that happened during the interview and i'm like Okay, so you walked out, right? Or, you know, you rejected the offer, right? You moved forward and they're like, nah, you know, I took the job. I'm still working there. I hate it. But don't sleep on those red flags you see on the interview. If the interview should be the best representation and presentation from you, the candidate, as well as the employer, there's a reason they really emphasize on the candidate experience. They really want each candidate to have a great experience. So if you feel like you're feeling very bad after the interview, that's not a great sign. I work in HR and I know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give away the company, but it's a pretty big company that I'm working for right now. And they really pride themselves on the candidate experience. As soon as one ball is dropped, they don't stop until they find out why that ball was dropped and why the candidate didn't have a near perfect experience. It doesn't happen all the time, but again, it's very important for reputable companies. So if you're going in for an interview and you realize it just seems like, you know, some of these red flags come up, but it just seems like it's all over the place. It's not good. They don't care. Those are huge red flags and you should pay attention because that will be a nightmare job and most likely or more than likely you're going to be looking for another one very fast. So you're better off reading those red flags in the interview and kind of cutting it off right there instead of going down, you know, five months, six months. Now you have this on your resume and you're applying for jobs. People are asking, why are you applying so soon? You only work for five, six months over here. And it gets kind of hard to explain all that. But again, I feel like I'm going off on a tangent right now, but let's dive right into these 11 red flags to look out for. The first flag mentioned here is too many corporate buzzwords. Now, the way they describe it is we've all seen cringy ads calling for gurus, rock stars, and ninjas. In fact, the use of ninja in job postings increased by 90% between 2017 and 2018 alone. But what does a corporate ninja even do? Now, my response to this to employers is, why are you even doing this? I don't know. I mean, you've seen those memes where it's like the guy with a backwards hat. He's like an older man with a skateboard. He's like, you know, what it do, kids? Trying to act like 
he's still hip and still got it. If, this is like that version for corporate. They're throwing these words in here, guru, rock star, as if people are going to read this and be like, wow, I'm a guru, I'm a rock star or whatever. But I guarantee you 99% of people see this and they're like, what is this? It's so cringe, exactly how they say it. You know, it's so cringe in the ad. And But yeah, Meg goes over some of the buzzwords. One that's a big one, I'll go over a few of them, but one of them that uh, Meg lists is, we're like a family here. Now the translation to that, according to the article, is we don't have boundaries. One buzzword is, you'll wear lots of hats. And the translation to that is, we'll only pay you for one of those hats. Uh, one of the buzzwords is, we want someone hungry. And the translation they have listed here is, this job pays almost nothing. We're looking for a self-starter. The translation for that is, we have no onboarding process. Good luck figuring things out on your own. <laughs> this is so true. Especially, I remember one of my first managers told me, always look out at an interview when someone says, you know, we're like a family here. It's, it's open door. We're so cool with each other. And they told me, you don't want it to be like a family. That means there's really no boundaries. They'll reach out to you on the weekend. They'll reach out to you overtime all the time. You don't get paid for overtime. But multiple responsibilities, they'll expect you to lean in on everybody's job, even though it's, that's not part of your job. But yeah, so all these buzzwords, there's more in the article listed down below. But that is definitely a red flag to look out for. If they say, you know, we're looking for gurus and ninjas, just move on. <laughs> I don't know what better way to say that. I don't think you should be, unless you have to take that job. But you don't want to be a guru or ninja in any of these jobs. The next red flag is a late or unprepared interviewer. Now, this one's a crazy one because when you go in for an interview, Regardless of who you are, the employer is expecting you to be well-dressed, timely, bring all your materials if you have to bring a portfolio, your resume, etc. Know about the company, you know, all these boxes you need to check. But then when they get in there, they're unprepared. It's crazy. It just doesn't make sense. I remember somebody coming in for an interview. Well, they were interviewing me. And when they came into the room, they said, did you bring your resume? I was like, yeah, I brought my resume. Here you go. And I gave them my resume. They were looking through it like, oh, okay, so you did this. Okay, I'm checking it all. Okay, wow, you did this too. As if it was the first time they ever seen that resume. And then they're asking me questions that's totally unrelated. And I was just like, man, did, in my head, I'm thinking, did this person even see my resume beforehand? Like they were genuinely surprised. Like, oh, wow, you did this too? Oh, this is what you're working right now? So it's kind of crazy to me. And I guess it's not their fault really, but it does look bad on the company and that is a red flag. Normally the recruiter or whoever is part of the recruiting team should have sent the resume to the hiring manager so that the hiring manager can read it and say, yeah, I like this person. You know, if the hiring manager didn't even read it yet, that's such a big red flag. It's such a waste of time because then you go in and then they say, I've actually had this happen to me where they say, oh wow, we were actually looking for someone with a little bit more experience. I'm not, I'm not sure why they brought you in here. And that's so demoralizing. And it's like, wow, I just did all this. I went all the way to New York, took all these trains. You know what I'm saying? The opportunity cost, how much I've lost in coming in to do this. It's just like, I'm never going to apply for this company ever again. So employers, get your stuff together. You know, be prepared or prepare the hiring manager. Come on, guys. The next red flag is a vague description. So the way they write it in the article is, if the responsibilities of the position are not clearly defined, that can signal wider structural dysfunction within the company. If someone says, we will figure out your duties as we go, they probably mean we will add unrelated tasks to your plate until you burn out. Also, there is no way to evaluate your performance and there's no clear path to promotion. Now, I think it's really important what they mention here about evaluating your performance. Honestly, if they keep throwing random things on your plate that aren't in the job description because they had a vague job description, there really is no way to see if you're performing up to par. They can say, hey, you're slacking on this item. And you'll say, that's not even in my job description. And they'll be like, yeah, but your job description clearly doesn't list all the responsibilities. So that is a fine line to walk on because I work for a company where it was a government contractor and everyone we hired, they would need to sit down. Once we presented the offer with them, they would need to sit down with the recruiting team, HR, 
and both HR would sign the, the job description and then the candidate who just got hired, they would have to sign the job description as well. Just so we had that on file. Not all companies do this, but just so both parties know, this is the job description. If something, if you're asking me to do something outside of this job description, that would warrant a pay increase or that would warrant a promotion depending on what it is and how often you want me to do it. And also when it comes time for performance reviews, which are so important for promotions and bonuses, you can't judge me based on something that, you know, John wanted me to do just to cover for him, but that wasn't even in my job description. Let's look at the job description we both signed off on and let's look, am I knocking things out of the park on all this? Yes. But are there things you asked me to do that's outside of this? You know, it's really tough to value performance on that end. So I hope that made sense. But yeah, vague descriptions are, you might want to look out for that. The next red flag is unprofessional behavior. So they say negative or inappropriate comments, especially about previous hires, should give you pause. One of my favorite questions to ask when I go into a job interview, obviously when it comes to the point where they say, do you have any questions for us, is, is this position a backfill? Now that opens the door for you to hear what they have to say about the person that was previously in this role. So one of my experiences was, yeah, this is a backfill. You know, the person in the previous role, they weren't really up to par. They're missing deadlines. We had to let them go. We wanted to bring somebody else in that was more proficient with the systems and kind of could get things done faster. So I think that's fair. But if you hear something totally inappropriate, like, ah, you know, they were just, oh, man, they smelled so bad or, you know, whatever the case is, something unrelated to the work. And it might not be the kind of environment you want to be a part of. Red flag number five, a chaotic process. If the hiring process is confusing or disorganized, it's probably not the only process the company is too lazy to build out. If communication is bad now, it will be worse later. My first internship that I landed was with an architectural firm. You know, I like the people, some of the people that work there, I'm still friends with them. But when I first got hired, it was crazy. I was not getting emails back on time. And even when I did get like the offer letter, the recruiter specifically stated, please stay tuned. I will get back to you on your start date, but please sign the offer letter and all this information, your tax documents, blah, blah, blah. Um, benefits, sign all that, send it back, and then we'll get you ready up and running. I sign it all, I send it back. I don't hear back anything. A week goes by, I follow up, I don't hear back anything. Two weeks go by and I still haven't heard anything. I followed up at this point by two, three times, called the recruiter, never heard anything back. I kid you not, two weeks after that two weeks was up, on that following Monday, at like 10 or 11, I'm getting calls from the director of HR. So not the recruiter anymore, the director that I was supposed to be reporting into. And she was saying, Shazat, where are you? And I was like, hey, I'm at home. You know, I'm, what do you mean? And they said, this was your first day. You're supposed to start today. Why didn't you come in? Immediately in my head, I'm like, what? these people, didn't, they didn't tell me my start date. I was supposed to stay tuned and I never heard anything back. I followed up and everything. And I said all that to the director. And even she was kind of like, you know what, if you... I understand, but can you please come in today? Like, if not, you know, we're kind of behind, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I ended up going in, and this is true, you know. If the process is chaotic then, you'll notice that everything is out of order. Uh, once I joined that company, they were telling, man, I feel bad. <laughs> not to go in on that company too much, but yeah, there was a lot of things that were kind of out of place, out of order, all over the place. The process didn't have one fine line. There was multiple processes, multiple people throwing their legs into the process and it just was all over the place and very stressful. More stressful, I'd say, than some full-time corporate jobs that I've held. You know, this was an internship and I was really stressing out. So look out for those chaotic processes. You're not crazy. If you're not getting that email back, if you're not getting that call back, first of all, it seems like they don't care then. And second of all, that probably means they're very disorganized and all over the place. The next red flag is that the process takes forever. The average hiring process takes 23.8 days, so if you're waiting weeks or months between Zoom interviews, you're probably dealing with an insufficient or overwhelmed organization. I applied for a job once, and they sent me the initial phone screen with the recruiter. I did well on that. They forwarded me to the hiring manager for a phone screen. 
totally fine. That's cool. I did the phone stream with the hiring manager about 45 minutes to an hour. And they reached out about two days later saying, we want you to speak to our director as well over the phone. So this isn't face-to-face interviews yet. Now, I did the call with the director as well. That was another hour, hour and a half maybe. And I felt like I did well. They pushed me to the first interview. Now, what I found odd was there was only one person in the interview. And as soon as I left that interview, they said, you know, we want to push you forward to another interview. Now, I went to the second one and they had two people there. And I was the manager that I'm supposed to be reporting into. I spoke to the director. But for some reason, they're like, you know, someone on our comp team and someone from this team would really like to speak to you. So we're going to push you to another interview. Now, mind you, at this point, three phone screens in, two face-to-face interviews with my manager, with the director of the department. They felt I was a good fit, but they wanted me to push me forward and forward and forward. At this point, I withdrew myself. Because I felt like if they're so indecisive, if they're taking this long, this isn't really the organization I want to work for. Like, uh, what are they still on the fence about? You know, they told me as well that they weren't, that I was kind of the top candidate at the time. Even when I withdrew, that was one thing that the recruiter reached out to me saying, hey, Shazad, you were the top candidate on the list. And so we're really trying to figure out what happened here. And and at the time, obviously, I lied or something saying I, I got another job. I mean, you could say whatever you want to get out of it. But I didn't want to just tell them, hey, you guys are driving me crazy here because uh, one, I don't want to be rude, but at the same time, it's like they should know if you value a candidate and you know this is the number one candidate, you've done three phone screens and three rounds of interviews. Do you really need a fourth and fifth? Like, I understand if you're I have a friend of mine that's an engineer and they went for one of these big five companies and they went through like nine rounds of interviews, but it was like back to back to back. They get an hour break. They had to be on the campus of this company for like five, six hours uh, but they got a lunch break. They got a hotel to stay at, blah, 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 all that good stuff. But I understand that. It's At least it's back-to-back. The fact that if a company can't even schedule you back-to-back, that's a red sign right there. Like, hey, you know, come on, come in on a different day. You have to take the train. You have to get ready. If you're already working a job, you have to take the time off just to come out again. And if they don't see that, if they don't value that, they're not valuing your time. They're being inconsiderate and it shouldn't take that long. So I would see that definitely as a great red flag to look out for. Red flag number eight is... They won't answer your questions. So remember, an interview is your chance to learn more about this company. So if an interviewer can't or won't answer your questions, steer clear. I did an episode about questions you'll be asked on a job interview. And I believe towards the end of that, I provided some questions that you should ask the interviewer. And that's definitely a valuable time. It's a two-way street. That's the only way you can pick their brain and see, do I want to work with this team? Is this a good team? Do I want to work with this manager? Is this manager crazy? But if they refuse to answer your questions, do you even need to give more attention to this company? I don't think so. Number nine kind of seems like you're following up on that, but they give bad answers. So if they do answer your questions, they're giving bad answers. What Meg writes is, oftentimes the interviewer's answers will tell you everything you need to know. One thing that I can relate to this is I love to ask a company what their view is on work-life balance or how they view it. Is it important to them? Do employees get that work-life balance here? How's the culture revolving that? I remember one job I was interviewing for was a HR at a bank. And I remember the person just saying, yeah, you know, there's work-life balance here, but oftentimes throughout the week, you might have to work until seven, might have to work until eight, giving no reason why, giving no, is it, you know, forever? Is it just because maybe it's a busy season? One of my recent companies that I worked for did tell me, you know, you don't have to work busy season when there's open enrollment or when the summer happens, we ramp up internship recruiting or we do a lot of onboarding. So you're going to be very busy those times. But outside of that, we value your time off. You can definitely get that work-life balance. We have a lot of X, Y, and Z in place to make sure we're taking care of the employee's mental health. But no, this company was just like, yeah, you know, you're just going to have to work sometimes, you know, 7, 8, 9 p.m. And it's just expected of you. We, we're lean. We're a lean team. But it's kind of a bad answer. Maybe that's a bad answer on my part to relate to this. But just look out for those bad answers. And if it raises something here when you're hearing the answer and you feel like, wow, that doesn't sound right, 
nine times out of ten, you're right. So if that doesn't sound right, you can imagine what else they're burying underneath that you couldn't even ask them during the interview that you'll only find out if you take this nightmare job. The tenth red flag is a lowball offer. These days it's so common where they ask you your range on the phone or on the job application. So I don't understand after they see that and then they still reach out to you and put you through that whole process, why they would go and give you that lowball offer. I remember I interviewed with a company. I kind of want to say the name just because it was so bad, the experience. They put me through four rounds or three rounds. It was remote, thankfully. I didn't have to go on site. But multiple times, even on the phone screen, I asked them, I'm like, is this range doable? You know, what's the rate that you guys are looking at? And things like that. Because we had an open discussion about comp when they asked me what my range was. And they were fine with it. But then once I got the offer from them, I kid you not, it was probably 25 to 30 grand less than what we had agreed upon initially. You just feel so disrespected, honestly. You go through those rounds, you speak to the head of the department, you know, this person, that person, chief people, officer, everyone likes you, you agree on the rate. And then they give you a lowball offer. So no matter how tight things are, Man, I pray you guys don't have to take those jobs, right? That they go through all that, give you that lowball offer, don't even negotiate with you. That's such a big red flag, honestly. That whole bait and switch, really, right? Is that the word for it? Bait and switch? They, they bait you with this, and then once you get in, then they switch and give you this other job. Meg provides a great summary at the end of this point right here by saying, if an employer isn't willing to pay what you're worth now, why would they be willing to later? The final red flag, number 11, is requesting free work. Now, Meg says take-home interview assignments have become a common practice, but beware of any requests for unpaid work that take a long time. Honestly, I'm guilty of this, unfortunately. I had to have done so much free work that now I'm thinking about it, that was a red flag. I remember there was a company, I love the NBA, and there was an NBA team that was hiring, and I applied for them, and they told me to do a full SWOT analysis of their benefit program. They sent me this whole packet, it was like 19 pages long, a SWOT analysis is intense, right? And obviously it's for a job. So I was like, I got to put my best foot forward. And then I provided, they said, no, create a presentation for us. So I went back. I had to get another day or two, whatever the timeline was. I created this whole full on presentation, put my all into this. You know, mind you, I'm still working a job. I'm still doing these side things, taking care of family, like all this stuff. But I'm adding this extra thing on my plate that took so many hours, days, so long. I put so much work into it. Then I had to present it in front of them. They were asking me questions where I got this research from. Can you provide the sources? As if like I'm really revamping their whole benefits program. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, oh, they love it. You know, I'm so happy. Uh, I'm going to get this job, right? Now, when I think back about that, I'm thinking they could have just asked me about my experience in working with benefits in past jobs. And I could have just verbally told them, these are the analysis I've done. These are the programs I've changed. This is what I've done. Or how some companies do, you know, they'll send you an Excel test or like a data analysis test. Do this, do that. One time I actually was on a call with the hiring manager and they put up an Excel spreadsheet, gave me control and told me, do VLOOKUP, do this formula, do make a pivot table, put all these together, get the commission bonus for whatever the example was on the Excel spreadsheet. And I did all that. I thought that was fair. But when I think back to doing that whole SWOT analysis and how much time I put into that, although I did end up getting the job, the funny thing is they were hiring for two jobs. And when they gave me the job, they presented it as if, you know, you're so talented and skilled that we want to put those both into one. Now, that didn't come with a salary increase. That we was, It was still at the same basis for what the initial job was, even though I had double the responsibility now. So obviously, I turned that down. But honestly, shout out to Meg, because until reading that, I wasn't even thinking about that as a red flag. Uh, in my head, I was like, man, I'm, uh, this is a great way for me to shine. But honestly, it can go both ways. That I remember being so stressed out doing that research and thinking... I don't even work for this company. I know you guys are hearing about this great resignation. I've talked about it so much. It's like, man, I'm, I'm like a broken record at this point. But there's so many people hiring. You got to look out for these 
red flags. You might think, oh man, you know, this company providing this great pay, great this, great that. It's the dream job. As mentioned in the beginning, you know, this could be the dream job or it could be a nightmare. Shout out to Meg again. For real, guys, if you run into any of these things and you feel like, wow, or anything that's not on this list and you feel like, wow, that might be a red flag, more than likely it is. And there's so many jobs out there. Unless you absolutely have to take it for necessity, take it, but keep applying around is my suggestion. But if you don't have to take it, there's so many opportunities out there. You're going to find the right fit. You're going to find a company that's not doing any of this, not trying to get a guru or ninja in there. Um, but I wish you the best of luck. I hope you found value in this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you're not subscribed, if you're not following the page on Instagram, it would definitely help to show out a lot if you subscribed and followed the show. So, but regardless, I really appreciate your time and I hope you found value in this. Until next time, take care, guys.